Hello and welcome to the first in a brand new podcast where we bring you the very best and worst of cult movies. It's the totally insane tape show. I'm Boo Lamont. I'm Dino Peppers. Yes, we're here to bring you chit-chat about films we love. Just to break it down for you briefly, me and Dean are huge fans of uh, all kinds of movies, whether they be from a foreign land or Europe or the UK, as long as they're quirky, cult or a little bit different to the mainstream. Um my personal, uh, me, Boulamont, I'm kind of into horror films. I'm into uh, a lot of Japanese movies and just anything that, that can be described as cult. And I'm into total shit. Which is <laughs> fine. for the magic of Netflix, really. <laughs> I don't have to pay for any of them. But that's fine because shit films can be so bad they're good. And that's what we're going to touch on specifically this episode um, because we're going to be focusing on uh, two movies which are famous for being so bad that it actually makes them good. Um, first of all, we uh, I think we're going to talk about uh, a movie from 1990 called Troll 2, which has been described as the best worst movie ever made. Uh, and later on on the show, we will be talking about the cinematic holocaust known as The Room. Um, but Dean, first of all, I just wanted to get some grounds uh, for the people that are hearing us for the first time. Um, any particular favourite movies, just so they can kind of get an idea of your taste in, in, in films? I think my favourite movies are on the list of lots of people, like uh, Big Lebowski, oh, yeah. uh, Big Kevin Smith fan, uh, so it's like Clerks, Chasing Amy, that kind of thing, you know, it's not too obscure that you kind of have to look on your Wikipedia to find out what I'm watching yeah. and what I, I really like. But like I say, I've, I've got a taste for really shitty films sometimes. I can just sit there, watch two or three really bad films in a day, and I don't like, feel the need to kill myself at the end of it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Myself, I mean, as I said earlier, I'm into kind of horror films and that, but um, if we're talking bad movies, I'm a big fan of people like Trauma Productions, I'm, I'm a big fan of fan-made movies, believe it or not. Um, there, there's some good ones. We're going to touch on one of those a bit later on. But yeah, generally, I'm quite, I'm quite low-key in my taste. I'm very much into like 70s obscure horror and 70s mainstream horror, like Dawn of the Dead. Obviously, is the most famous of the popular horror movies, and that's uh, sadly I'm with the crowd on that one. It's like my all-time favourite. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely into into bad movies, cult movies, and um, but hopefully uh, a bit of our. Um, enjoyment of these movies is going to rub off onto you and we can help you uh, either avoid or, uh, or witness uh, some of the best and worst movies ever made. You have no idea how much cardio I have to do. It's ridiculous. Why so much? There's that whole thing of making them look like you're walking. And everybody else is running their asses off. That boy, he's going to be the best yet. Everybody thinks we just wake up one morning and start obsessing about a girl and start stalking her, killing everybody that gets in the way. That does seem to happen a lot with you guys. There's always been hacks out there. One hit wonders. Just cheapens it. Okay, so we've gone over a couple of films that we do like and our taste in movies. So we're going to go, what have you been watching this week? I saw a movie the other day which was so unexpectedly good that I, I, I didn't, like about halfway through the film, I just kicked, my brain kicked in and said, my God, this movie is great. That was Unmasked, the story of Leslie Vernon. Basically, I was looking uh, on the internet for a bit of advice. I, I'm sick of everything I've seen and um, I 
was looking for documentaries and someone suggested this movie to me and it's not a documentary it's half a mockumentary half a horror movie and it came a few years before cabin in the woods so it, it's a real meta horror film but yeah it, it blew me away just fantastic story fantastic premise for a horror film fairly good acting as well um and this came out in 2006 and i i question the movie gods why i'd not heard of this movie and i know that i um passed the knowledge on to you dean i know you actually watched it as well didn't you yeah it's a, it's a behind the mask the legend of leslie vernon that's the one thank you yeah that's it my notes <laughs> and yeah it is the kind of strange in terms of it it starts off as a mockumentary and it does all the cliches of horror and goes all over those grounds where you're hunting someone down and the reasons why you're hunting them down and then it'll cut to the actual film part of it and the first one's kind of very subtle and the last one comes at the very end where i don't know about you i kind of got what was going on yeah 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 no no um but basically, avoiding the spoiler part of little, it. A little bit of background for the for the for the people at home. This movie uh, is about a. It's set in the universe where Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Chucky, all of these people existed or do exist, um, and they are. It's been very quiet for a long time, and basically, this guy comes along and says, "I am the next one of these supernatural slashers," and he invites a uh, film crew, documentary film crew, to actually follow him um, in his first stalk and kill night um you know to, for example what you know there's always the scene in friday the 13th where it's that one night where jason goes nuts and all the kids run and lots of kids get killed in different ways and it's all set in that one evening and the final battle occasionally happens then as well um but this this film is just like a love it's like a love note to all horror um one of the examples is uh, the character um, in Halloween, who is uh, the arch nemesis of Mike Myers, is the doctor from the psychiatric ward, um, played by Donald Pleasance. Is that, I think I've got the right actor. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, but in this movie, he is played by Freddie himself, Robert Englund. Um, also, uh, in one of her last roles is uh, Zelda Goldstein, um, who was um, the psychic from the Poltergeist series. So it's actually, oh, Kane Hodder is in it as well, of course. Kane Hodder's in everything. Um, but it's a real, it's just so good, so full of references, and just, yeah, just a fantastic movie. Also has a really cool ending, which I, again, this is a spoiler-free zone. We are, all we're doing is recommending movies or steering you well clear of. This is a movie I would recommend highly. Yeah, hopefully I'm not spoiling it. Apparently there was a planned sequel. It's... They did a Kickstarter for, which yes. sadly didn't get the funding, which is quite sad. It is sad because it is something that I would love to see. What they, what all they've done with this movie is they've laid the grounds for potentially a great series of, of horror films. They could easily turn this into a franchise. I, I, maybe that was the intention to, to turn it into a franchise, like Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. But it, it, it was just done so well. Um, just really fantastic movie highly recommended guys if you can get a hold of it that's uh unmasked <laughs> behind the mask behind the mask the legend it's, it's like um behind the music yes so behind the mask to russell leslie vernon there you go guys behind yeah, the mask definitely the legend of leslie vernon highly recommended okay i'm gonna go the opposite direction to the whole horror genre at the moment i've currently worked my way through the muppet box set okay 
which include the Muppets movie, the Christmas Some Carol, of them Treasure in themselves, Island. Dean, are a horror yeah. film. Um... <laughs> well, the TV special Oz was, yeah, that was quite horrible. Uh, was that with the one set in Oswald Penitentiary where the Muppets had to uh, had to get out and uh, Big Bird was the leader of the Aryan Nation? Yes, that's the one. Excellent series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice to revisit the nineteen seventies movies though, where it's just all the in jokes you don't get when you're a kid. I know you watch it and it's like oh, that's, that's quite funny, and it's just sort of slightly adult jokes you pick up on you don't originally. Oh, sorry, just to break in. I don't know if he, uh, he probably doesn't fit in well with this particular podcast, but um, I, I've seen a lot of things online from from the kids shows when we were younger, uh, specifically Rocco's Modern Life. I didn't realise he worked in a uh, in a. It's not ever spoken, but he basically <laughs> works in a in a in a sex line uh, telephone place. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a lot of. You come to a point in your age where you start watching stuff that you used to watch, and you're like, "Hold on, that's a dick joke. That is a dick joke in one of my favourite cartoons as a kid." Like, yeah, I, I picked up the a couple of di- uh, DVDs from like a pound shop recently. It's like uh, the Rocco's Modern Life series are real monsters, and there's a line in the first episode of Real Monsters where was it Crumb, the fat one with the eyes, has a door slammed in his face. He eats the doorknob, and he goes, mm, "I've had better." <laughs> That's the first gay joke right here on the Totally Insane Tape Show. Um, I'd probably get it out there. <laughs> so did he. Um, no, fantastic. Any highlights from the Muppets? Um, my favourite one in the old days was Muppets uh, Muppets Takeover Manhattan. Is that the one? Muppets Take Manhattan. Take yeah. Manhattan. Yeah, I always, I, I, yeah. I kind of always veered towards that one. Um, I'm terrible. I'm going to admit this. I think I admitted this on, on another podcast recently, but. Uh, I've not seen that many Muppet things. I've not seen a Muppet's Christmas Carol. I've not seen Muppet's Treasure Island. And I've been told that all of these are quality movies, even, you know, like, for someone my age. I'm not going to reveal my age, but um, it's it's something I should go back to. And um, in this particular podcast, uh, the, the other host is a huge Muppets fan. He's really looking forward to the new one, and he's desperately trying to get me to, uh, to get on board with the Muppets, as he says. Um but yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, definitely. I mean, the new one was actually quite a surprise because you know they got taken over by a German company and they had like the Christmas Carol, Treasure Island, and they started doing loads of TV specials which were just horrible. And they did like Christmas special, which you know, why bother going back to the Christmas thing if you got Christmas Carol? But then Disney took them over, and it's like, yeah, obviously Disney own everything now, and they want to make the most of it. Disney own. Disney my childhood, sir. They own Marvel, they own uh, Star Wars. Um, I, I hear they're actually putting in a bid for the Boulamont Life story because they might as well just go whole hog and just take the lot. We're going to take you down to the basement with a ball gag. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Boulamont has been locked in the Disney vault and will not be available in the shops for at least another five years. I'm going to attempt the first segue on this podcast. There you go. It's quite tenuous, but. There is a Muppet section in a certain film that came out online recently, which I think you're a big is, fan of. That is a <laughs> that is a tenuous. It's thing. tenuous. It is. I like it. And one of the movies that I watched last week that I wanted to get as many people involved with was a movie called Our RoboCop Remake, which you can watch now on ourrobocopremake.com. It's a fan-made film. Um, it's various uh, artists and production teams and comedy teams. Uh, each doing a scene individually to make up an entire film. One of the most notable parts 
literally, uh, is the scene where Robocop shoots the woman through the dress uh, to, to shoot the attempted robber and rapist behind her, shooting him in the groin. Let's just say dick, because... Um, <laughs> because what follows is four minutes of unprecedented graphic, very good special effects of dicks being shot off. And I mean shot off. Such gruesome special effects. It was unbelievable. That was just a small part. My favourite part was obviously about to talk about was the part with Ed 209. Yeah, definitely. It's um, part of the tenuous link from the Muppets. It's, the scene starts like the film starts where they go into the ballroom, but some of the characters are, are Muppets, or puppets, if you don't want to hit the trademark copyright laws there. Not fuck with the yeah, mouse. Some of the characters are... <laughs> yeah, some of them are just puppets, and they don't make a big deal of the fact that they're puppets, but obviously you know the scene if you've seen Robocop the film, so you're wondering how they're going to do the 209 part of it. And what you get is an incredible puppet version of Ed 209 and it is just a standout scene for me really in the, the whole thing I mean it's very hit and miss the film all put together some scenes are just kind of filler uh, I don't know if you felt the same way it's like no, you, I, YouTube I really did yeah. I really did there were certain scenes that were really really good and there were certain scenes that didn't stand out The t- I would say that the total sum of the movie is worth watching the whole thing but yes there are definitely scenes that um, it's the YouTube comedy troupe. They, 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 like they... they can't all be good. Um, I mean, some of the standouts, yeah. another one of the standouts for me, which we were talking about yesterday between ourselves, was uh, the scene where uh, Murphy is actually murdered by the gang at the beginning to, to, to turn him into Robocop. Um, is acted out, well, it's not acted out. It's done in a scene uh, via the medium of interpretational dance. I usually laugh at shit like that. Uh, I'm going to come come out as uncouth here, but I cannot stand dance as an art form. I'm not much of a dancer. I like music, but I'm not massively into, into dancing. And it, it, In the UK especially, it seems to be on TV all the time at the moment. And it's just something I'm not into. However, um, these guys really were good, and you could definitely see what they were conveying in the scene. And um, they were using red streamers for the blood coming off, and I just thought that was so... Um, so original and so like it was really awesome. Uh, not, yeah. it's not something that's going to get me into interpretational dance, and I certainly wouldn't perform this <laughs> podcast via the medium of interpretational dance. But I would recommend it as one of the better scenes in the movie. Yeah, I mean, especially the context of the scene where it's, it's quite graphic in the film and stuff. The one you kind of, if you remember when you watch it as a kid, it's the one you kind of always imprinted on your mind as being quite brutal. Yeah, definitely. Even when I watched it recently, it was like, uh, yeah, you, you know. I mean, to, told my girlfriend to turn away from certain parts of it because she's not too big on gore and violence. I mean, to be to be honest with you, that part affected me more as a young man than the toxic waste uh, dude. Remember when yeah. uh, he go he drives through the toxic waste and comes out and he's basically melting, and then he gets hit by a car and he just explodes into a into a mess of liquid. But yeah, that I mean, especially in the the re- the Arrow got remake, mm-hmm. that scene is just crazy as well. It is. Um, That's a psychedelic Pink floyd type 70s acid trip type thing. <laughs> it's something you're not expecting. No. I mean, it's, 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 <clears throat> I would recommend it, as I said, just on the sum of it, the, the total, but be prepared to be bored on the odd occasion. That is our Robocop remake, um, which we said was available at, to watch now for free at ourrobocopremake.com. 
go black. Somewhere, there is a crime happening. In 2010, a group of filmmakers produced their own remake of Footloose. Now, they're doing it with RoboCop. 55 scenes by 55 filmmakers. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. 10 Alex Murphys. 12 Clarence Bodikers. 15 Lewises. And 30 Robocops. Hey guys, it's me, Robocop. We killed you! Hey kids, sorry to interrupt this great show, but uh, I need to shield my shit. Um, I'm David Davis, uh, one host of the Milking It podcast, a weekly podcast that tugs the teeth of popular culture until it explodes all over your face. We like nothing better than a natter on whatever's been going down. Do you, do you like Batman? Do, do you like wrestling? Do, do you like TV shows or gaming? Do you like movies? Of course you like movies, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to these guys, right? Well, well, well join us on the Milking It podcast every week on iTunes or via facebook.com forward slash milking it. Become a milkster, jump on board. And together with myself, Boo and Jay, we can take a peek at the week of geek. Join us on the Milking It podcast. Right, Mr. Pepper, shall we pop the uh, first movie into the player? Yeah, certainly, sir. Let's, uh... Right, uh, let's see what we've got. Oh, no. Okay, let's, get, let's just get through this. Late. I'm sorry we had a small mishap. Here are the keys. Um, here are ours. Have a nice stay at Millbar. You and our city. Still telling the same story, Josh? Powers of evil are very strong here. I must leave. Many films came out in the year 1990. Uh, just a few examples. Goodfellas, classic. Dancing with Wolves, classic. Edward Scissorhand, classic. Total Recall, classic. Die Hard 2, classic. Ghost, Hunt for Red October, Tremors, classic. Back to the Future Part 3, Kindergarten God, Dick Tracy. All of these films came out in 1990. A little, little sun fanfare. Little, little known to us, another film was released in 1990, directed by Claudio Fagrasso under the under the pseudonym Drake Lloyd. Came a movie that has gone on to be described as the best worst movie. This film was called Troll Two. Uh, it starred Michael Stevenson, George Hardy, Margot Prey, and it was a movie called Troll, but there were no trolls in the movie. Uh, just a weird, bizarre, fucked up thing of a film. Um, Dina, I, I've got to presume, since you're here and sitting with me, uh, you've seen Troll 2. Yes, yes, I have. Um, I don't think you thought much of it, did you? I I don't know whether I was in the wrong mood. I don't know whether I just... I don't know. Are you, I'm, I'm game for a laugh. I'm game for a movie, for bad movies that I can enjoy. I didn't enjoy this movie at all. I just thought it was terrible. And, I mean... So all the things are there for, like, the... To make an enjoyable film in that so bad it's good way, though, it's like the quotable lines which are part of the bad dialogue and piss poor acting. You know, it's got a really ropey, blotted story, and this everything goes together. And it's like this is amazing in in a very bad way that you can enjoy it. I mean, just some background: the the the, the plot, or if you can call it a plot, it's basically about a boy and his family. Um, 
he is visited by the ghost of his dead grandfather who warns them not to go to this holiday um, because they are going to get eaten by goblins. Not trolls, goblins. Um, but it, it, regardless, they go on the holiday, they do a house swap, and they end up in a town called Nilbog. Nilbog? Why, that's goblin backwards. Yes, uh, yes it is. Yes, yes it is. Um, and the whole the whole film is basically uh, the kid um, trying to stop his family from getting eaten by what appears to be the entire town. It's a, it's almost like a, a Children of the Corn thing where the entire town have been taken over uh, by these goblins, not trolls, goblins, and uh, are trying to eat this family. Basically, how they eat the fat, how they eat their victims is they give them this food which has this green stuff in it, it turns them into plants, and then they can eat them, because the trot sorry, goblins, not trolls, are all vegetarian. What the fuck is going on? And th- the reason they're vegetarians, believe it or not, and in the entire story, was actually written by Claudia Fabrasso's wife, as she was getting frustrated that all of her friends were becoming vegetarians. That's what the, that's the, that's the meaning of this film. Like, don't turn into a vegetarian, otherwise the fucking troll goblins—they're not trolls—will eat you. <laughs> I can tell you really enjoyed this film. Oh. You're really happy that I, I put this forward for being on the first show. You know what? I'm, I'm <laughs> going to find such a horrible film for you to watch uh, in, the, in the coming weeks. Just a, just on a side note, I mean, the film was bad. The acting was bad, but um, what isn't bad is a something that came out of this movie called Best Worst Movie, which is actually a documentary by the uh, the child star, Martin Stevenson, and um, that was fan- it's a fantastic documentary. In fact, um, it's definitely something I would recommend. Uh, the documentary. It's definitely. I mean, up there did you watch the... the documentary before you watched the film? No, I watched the film then the documentary. So if you watched them the other way around, would you have had more of an appreciation for the film? No, because what happens in <laughs> what happens in real life is just as messed up as the movie itself. I, I, have you seen the documentary, Dick? Yeah, I've seen the documentary. I watched it, I think, before actually watching the film. One of the weirdest bits in the film was the actor Don Packard, who plays the store owner. He He actually had mental health problems and was on a day release when he made this movie. Um, <laughs> he his disturbed performance. It wasn't a performance. The guy was actually disturbed, and in the documentary, he he remembers a scene where they're trying to force feed um, the character of Elliot, who's played by Michael Stevenson, the child, the main character. They're trying to force feed him this stuff, and he has kind of this distant look in his eye when he's talking about the filming of the scene, and he says he remembers hating the kid, and he just wanted to cram this fucking spoon right as far down his throat as possible. They put that child in danger. Um, yeah, like a really. Uh, the only thing that I will say to come out of the film is uh, George Hardy, who uh, plays the father in the movie. He originally came in an ex- as a, uh, originally came in as an extra and got the lead role. Um, one, you can tell that he's a really nice guy, and two, in the actual documentary, uh, which a lot of the focus is on George Hardy, he's he just is a real nice guy. He. Um, He's grabbing onto as much fame as possible, but with this movie in them. But we will talk about best worst movie. Let, let, let's finish off talking about Trolls Two yeah. Birds. The thing with George Hardy is he's actually got quite a bit of work sort of coming up. If you look at the IMDb page for him, he's got quite a few films. I'm guessing it's through this whole um, phenomenon of the Troll Two being the best worst movie. 
And it's only in the recent couple of last couple of years that he's had these films. I guess it's from the documentary yeah, where it's like, oh, he's absolutely. just really nice guy. It's yeah. like it's he's in this shitty film, and it was like, oh, this, he's a really shitty actor in this shitty film. But they've done documentary. And he goes, oh, he's actually he's a nice guy. We'll put him in these films, obviously as a or a cameo or like as a in joke kind of thing. I mean, yeah, one of like Ghost Shark to Urban Jaws, which sounds amazing. <laughs> wow, that that film sounds bad enough to to to, to get stuck in our video player. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it is Ghost Shark 2, there was a Ghost Shark 1. Which is a rarity, because with films like that, with the 2 added on, the 2 is just to sell it. Um, <laughs> but, um, with Do you Tron, think Ghost Shark 2 will have any Ghost Sharks in it, or just um, I'm just goblins? hoping that it, I'm just hoping it continues the rich tapestry of storyline woven from the first movie. And, you, and eventually, of course, they'll round off the trilogy, Ghost Shark 3, holy fuck, it's happened again. Um, <laughs> that one will have Michael Caine in it, obviously. Yes. <laughs> and a shark that roars. <laughs> um, with uh, Troll 2, um, it should be noted that some of the special effects are quite funny. Um, some of the scenes are quite funny. Um, there's a, a crazy witch lady in it as well. Uh, Credence. Credence, indeed. Um, Credence Leonor Gilgood. This is uh, my favourite yeah. character in the entire film. Uh, played it by does Devil. actually look like, yeah. Played by Deborah Reed. No, no, she she looked the part. Um, think Kate Bush on a bad day in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she absolutely. did actually look like she was in a completely different film. Yeah, she 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 definitely stood out. Um, she introduces herself as the Druid Queen of the Goblins, whose Stonehenge magic stone is the source of all goblin power. I mean, fuck me. <laughs> um, shall we spoil this one? What, what takes down the trolls in the end? Sorry, the goblins. Really, uh, a double decker Bologna sandwich. Bologna sandwich. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a very good analogy for the movie. Uh, it is just a double decker bologna, uh, a load of bologna sandwich. Um, <laughs> no, I mean if you if you're into like kind of quirky horror films, um, then I think I think you'll enjoy Troll Two. But I, I think if you're really into good horror documentaries or do, just documentaries about filmmaking in general definitely check out the best worst movie because as a companion piece it's great as a standalone piece it's, it's fantastic um now would you are, recommend watching the documentary before or after oh you see i think maybe this watch, is, right yeah. watch the documentary before do the opposite way i did because then you'll be more familiar with who's who a lot of the time when it came back uh to some of the characters i was like who was that guy again and I had to wait for them to show the guy in the actual film. Oh, that guy. I mean, mm. one of the standout people was the grandfather. He was fantastic. Dead grandfather. Yeah, he's, he's a dead grandpa who's... Um, I mean, the kid's obviously some sort of simpleton. He's a bit mental in the head. And I mean... He's, <laughs> he's his dead granddad, and his dead granddad's telling stories about goblins that eat people. I mean, he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, he's, well, no he Columbo, no, he, he's, mean, no, he's no Columbo, put it that way. He's no Columbo. Because, yeah, you watch the start of the film and you think, this is like the Princess Bride. It's like the granddad telling the story to the kid. What a but wonderful... He's a dick. Sorry, that was a wonderful comparison. Yes, the beginning of the film is exactly like the Princess Bride, except that uh, Dean is right. This kid is uh, is no Fred Savage, and uh, Grandpa is definitely no Peter Falks. But, um, yeah, uh, I really... 
I really enjoyed the documentary. I kind of enjoyed the movie. I think together they make a great package. Uh, stand, uh, stand alone, I'd avoid Troll 2. But, but it's fun. It's got bad special effects. It's got okay music. And there's always the threat of an incoming Troll 3. Or as they uh, voted on calling it at a recent convention, Troll 2 Part 2. So, um, <laughs> See, that would work for me. Yeah, I mean, I'd, definitely. De- I'd definitely watch it. I mean, I, I know you saw the documentary. The, the, the director was a fu- Claudio Fagrassi was a funny guy, and not for all the right reasons. He, um, the actual, apparently the script was written in broken English. The guy's obviously Italian, and his English isn't perfect. But the actors were like, "Oh, would you like us to kind of round it off to make it sound proper? You know, like in in, in an actual in, in actual English." And he was like, no, read it as it's written. And because of that, a lot of the script they, people didn't understand, especially the actors. Um, but I think, yeah, as a, as a set, I would recommend it. Um, I didn't massively enjoy Troll 2, but uh, as I said, the best uh, worst movie is up there with with documentaries such as King of Comms. I mean, it's that good. So I would definitely check that out. Do you see this writing? Do you know what it means? Hospitality. And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it! The following is brought to you by 8oClockComics.com, the home of really mature comic books. Definitely having a belt drill, mate. 8oClockComics.com, we draw stuff. This is like a pilot podcast, I mean. Originally, our idea for this was to do bad movies all the way through. And it's after talking to you about watching the films, and you had such a dislike for Troll 2. We've changed <laughs> it slightly so it's more it's open-ended rather than just being shitty films. I mean, what I think, for I you think... would be a good bad movie? What are the key points of being a good bad movie rather than just fucking awful? My favourite good bad movie is uh, Black Christmas. Um, it's uh, a horror film from the 70s. Obviously, it's a, a, a horror film. It's really poor. Um, it's obviously on a budget. But for some reason, it creates an atmosphere and it's a real quality movie. Um, and it's also got Margot Kidder and John Saxon in it. Now, John Saxon uh, is a name that you should definitely, not just you, Dean, that everyone, if you're listening to this podcast... John Saxon was in Enter the Dragon, Nightmare on Elm Street. The guy is a full-blown legend, and um, and he just happens to be in this low-budget horror film, and it is great. I love Black Christmas. That, I mean, as an example of a good, bad movie, that is definitely one of them. Oh, a good, um, good, bad movie is like if you have a group of people around. Is it more fun to watch a good, bad movie there? Because if you watch a film on your own, it's like, okay, it's just bad. But if you have a group of people, you kind of take the piss out of it. You laugh at certain scenes. I mean, okay. the key with the a Troll exa- 2 thing is, the same as the next one we're going to do, The Room, is they have screenings. Yes. And you get big groups of people go out to watch the film, quote it, oh. take the piss out of it. Okay, to, to a degree. Um, I don't know whether I mentioned this earlier in the podcast when we were talking about our light, but I think I did. I'm a big fan of trauma movies. I love watching trauma movies, but what I enjoy more is watching trauma movies with other people. Because they can't believe what you're watching. Um, I mean, a few of my favourite trauma movies are Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, A Poultry Geist, Night of the Living Hen, Tromeo and Juliet. 
these films are fucking crazy. Oh, um, yeah, look, uh, just just so out there. Terrible special effects, horrific acting, uh, filmed so badly that a lot of the time they've got to dub over the voices just so you can hear what people are saying. And when I watch these with people, tears. I would highly recommend Jesus Christ Vampire Hunts just for the fight scenes alone, um, because they are done so poorly that you cannot help but crack up with laughter. And although this is fun on your own, it's so much better to, to suffer with someone else. So yet, I think I think in terms of bad, good bad movies, a trauma has a fuckload. So um, yeah, totally, I used to thoroughly enjoy watching um, uh, zombies, uh, zom- uh, Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. Oh man, Toxic Avenger. There's so many. There's so much quality shit from Troma. <laughs> um, but we definitely uh, have to cover this on a future podcast. We then. are definitely going to cover yeah. Troma in a future in a future podcast. Right. But, um, Let's take Troll Two out of the player and pop in the next one then. A perfect world. These are for you. Thanks, honey. They're beautiful. A perfect life. I would do anything for my girl. I love you, Lisa. I love you, Johnny. Surprise! He provides for you. Darling, you can't support yourself. I don't love him anymore. He didn't get his promotion. And he got drunk last night. And he hit me. It's not true. I did not hit her. Well, maybe you should have a girl, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I have one already. I don't know yet. We can't do this anymore. Johnny's my best friend. This will be our secret. Don't worry. You can trust me. Didn't you drag me to a cinema to see this once and I was handed a handful of spoons? Yes, yes, you were. This film, written by, directed by, juiced by, and starring indescribable Tommy Wiseau as Johnny. Now, Johnny is a wonderful man who loves Lisa very much. Lisa, who is his future wife, however, loves Mark. Mark is Johnny's best friend that Johnny likes very much. Johnny also likes Denny. Denny is a creepy little bastard that lives next door. Denny! Or downstairs, or in some shed in front of the house, or something. We're never actually quite sure about that part. But he's into drugs and bad stuff, but don't worry about that. Also, don't worry about breast cancer. It'll be fine. So, this is The Room. It's made in 2003. Stars, as I said, Tommy Wiseau, who also wrote, directed, and produced it. Now, he made the film after apparently making $6 million selling leather jackets. <laughs> now, if you make $6 million anywhere, why would you make a film like this? So, as Boo pointed out, I t- took him to a screening of this in the Prince Charles Cinema in London, where it shows every month, and it shows, much like Troll 2, around certain cinemas in America and UK, and it has the same sort of following, where it's, People go along, they shout stuff at the screen, and in this case, they throw spoons at the screen. So, Boo, how did you like throwing the spoons? I enjoyed throwing the spoons. At first, I, uh, I was like, you, you came up to me and you were like, do you want me to order you a ticket? And I was like, whatever, I don't care. And then you looked at me and went, I already ordered a ticket. And I was like, you think about everything. <laughs> but seriously... Um... <laughs> I invited all your friends. Good thinking. <laughs> See, I, see I, automatically, uh, you're, you obviously enjoyed this more than Troll 2. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know whether it was because of the audience participation, there was an atmosphere. It was just hilarity. I really... One of my 
favourite evenings out in London, actually. Uh, I was only in, I only lived in London for three short years, but uh, definitely one of the highlighted evenings was my night watching The Room with, uh, with you and another gentleman, whose book is available now. Um, but yes, thoroughly enjoyed The Room. This is a prime example of a movie that is so bad, you cannot help but get sucked into it. From the acting to the plot lines that go absolutely nowhere, to the throwaway lines like, I have, uh, the doctor came back and told me I have breast cancer, never mentioned for the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, but it'd be okay. They're, but, they're thinking of cures what, all the time. Yeah, but what drugs was Denny taking? What kind of drugs? What, 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 what kind of drugs? What kind of money? <laughs> I mean, fuck. This film was just so bad that it, it has absolutely become a cult classic. Now, people are unsure as to whether Tommy Wisnu, uh, Wisnu has intentionally made um, performance art by making a film so rotten that it, it's, it, it's meant to be like that. But then, I mean, the stories that have come from it, um, I believe that they're actually thinking of making a movie about the making of this movie. Uh, I think um, Jonathan, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has picked up the rights to make The Room on a book written by, oh, help me out here, Dean, is it Greg... Greg Sestero. Greg Sestero, who I keep wanting to call Greg Sinistro um, <laughs> after the bad, uh, after the, 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 the Yellow Lantern. Yeah, uh, the book's uh, the, the Disaster Artist, My Life Inside the Room. I, I haven't got it yet, but I've read some excerpts of it, and it's quite amazing. I mean, the scene on the rooftop apparently took, um, it's quite a famous scene. If you go online, type in the room and it'll bring this scene up. It took 37 takes and it is literally about 30 seconds of film. It, it does. It's when they're up on the roof playing with a football in suits. No, it's the bit where he comes on the roof and goes, I did not hit her. I did not. I did not hit her. I did not. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Apparently, those lines took 37 takes. It did sound like uh, like we're, when we were trying to do the intro yesterday for this show. Yes. <laughs> uh, take 43. Hello and welcome. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult. We know this now. But yeah, I mean, this film is like, it's one of my favourites. I mean, I bought the DVD. I'm going to buy the book once I, you know, find a cheap place to buy it. Once the money rolls in yeah. from this podcast, trust me, guys, the podcast money will buy you books. I mean, there's there's loads of merchandise coming from it. There's, like, wobble heads and hoodies, which some sad bastards do buy, <clears throat> which I wear every day. <laughs> can I can I just jump in and say the most interesting thing that I found that came out of this movie and the cult following was the uh, point-and-click adventure, The Room. Um, made by the, the games website Newsgrounds. Now, I've not actually played it. I've only seen videos on uh, YouTube. You've played it, haven't you? Yeah, I did play it. It's, yeah, it's amazing. I mean... If you guys like spoons, aliens, uh, unt uh, uh, resolve storylines, this is definitely the point and click for you. <laughs> it's, it's the part where it goes into a... Um... Oh, what do you call those? The Final Fantasy type games. It's point and click. They do that yeah. for the rooftop scene against Chris R, who's one of the best characters ever in any film. I don't have five fucking minutes! <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I see, this, this is what I'm saying. It's like one of those films that's so bad it's good. All the lines are quotable. We've been rolling them off. And how many times have you seen it? Uh, I only like two or three times, in all honesty. <laughs> I saw it once in the cinema with you, and then I think I've seen it twice. 
normally, and then I think I watched it once with the riff tracks on. Yeah, I think that was the first time I actually saw some of it, and I thought I had to see the film like without anything on it and just on its own. Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, I, I do uh, drag the film out when it's like got friends around having a couple of drinks. It's like, have you seen the room? It's like, no, we haven't. All right, we're watching it now. <laughs> no, totally. It's 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 a, it's such a weird thing to witness that you have to see it at least once just to even understand what we're getting at. Um, I think with this show, uh, our recommendation, my recommendation of the week uh, has to go to The Legend of Leslie Vernon, but I highly recommend that you guys track down a copy of The Room and see it as soon as possible. And we would love to get your idea, your thoughts and um, opinions on on The Room, uh, or even on Troll 2, anything we've brought up on today's podcast. Uh, we do have a Twitter, which is the, here we go, <laughs> it is the Tits Podcast. That's t dot i dot t dot i no t dot i dot t dot s podcast, and that's a Twitter. Um, please get on board. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of the movies that we recommend. And if you want us to suffer the indignity of watching a film that you think is fucking terrible, please send it in, and we will do our very best to legally track down that movie and to watch it, uh, even if it has William Shatner in it and is in Esperanto. We will watch it. <laughs> Okay, we're going to have the first ever booly fucked up moment on the podcast. It's actually at tits podcast, no dots. Wow, well, <laughs> my apologies. Do you know what? And usually I know my tits so well. Yeah. yeah. You can also get us at the Gmail account, which is a totally insane tape show at gmail.com. No dick pics, please. I feel like I'm sitting on an atomic bomb waiting for it to go off. Me too. So that was the Totally Insane Tape Show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this first step into the world of cult movies with myself and Dean. How, right, next show. Just because I hated Troll 2 so much, Dean, I think for you, my friend, I'm going to give you a little bit of kung fu hijinksery. Uh, I think I'm going to hit you with Jim Kelly's 1974 classic, Black Belt Jones. If you like a little bit of black exploitation with some kung fu thrown in, I think this will be right down your alley. So I, I challenge you and, uh, of course, the listeners to uh, to find and watch a copy of Black Belt Jones, and I will be giving you a um, a full, we'll get we'll give a, the, the the listener a full rundown on the next episode. Nice. I, I quite like black exploitation, like a bit of kung fu. This could be good uh, for you. I'm going to go the same kind of route. In terms okay. of it, it's martial arts based, it's going to be Jim Carter. That's not Jim Carter. That's Jim Carter. Uh, was, one word. Is that not was that not the Disney film recently about the guy on Mars? No, no it's not the guy on Mars, and it's not a guy from Coronation Street. Jim Carter. Uh, it's a 1985 martial arts film. Okay. It's starring Kurt Thomas, who isn't really a name. I'm guessing you'd know. Oh, I've, not, I've actually not heard of this movie. This yeah, is okay. good. I'm, I'm... Well, Kurt Thomas won the, um, I believe it was the gold medal in the Summer Olympics in 1976. Was that for judo, karate? Was no. that gymnastics? Box? Gymnastics. Yep. Hence the name Jim Carter. You getting the idea now? Oh, that is very uh, clever. Um, <laughs> yes. I have a feeling you okay. will enjoy this film. It's, no, uh, no, no. it's martial arts. It, it, it's martial arts. Okay. No, no, it sounds like my kind of shit, actually. Uh, 
So um, we're talking uh, kung fu kicks off the hobby horse kind of thing. That, Strange that, that, you should um... say that, really. Oh god! Are you sure you oh, haven't god. seen it? No, I promise you, I've never even heard of this movie. Okay. okay well, fine, Jim Carter so... and the Razzie Award nomination for the uh, star Kurt Thomas as the worst new star of that year. Say so, no yeah. more. Say no more. All I needed to hear was Razzie and gymnastics. Um, <laughs> Okay, so that was the Totally Insane Tape Show. We hope you enjoyed listening to this uh, pilot episode. If you think it was good, why not contact us at uh, Tits Podcast on Twitter? Uh, also at Totally Insane Tape Show at gmail.com. That's the one. So, uh, I've been Boulamont. I've been Dino Peppers. And uh, join us next time for more Totally Insane Tape Show. Remember, guys, if it's not bad, it's the tits. Indeed. You are telling me, Paul, Lisa. You are telling me.